Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. That sound can only mean one thing. It is the start of another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. I'm Nikki Dakota, your host, joined in the studio live and in person today by the one, the only storyboard artist to all the big stars, Coen Brothers for 20 years and counting, plus he's been up to a little extra mischief as well. We call him a film guy and our friend. He is J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd, welcome. Hello, Nikki Dakota, and all you folks out there, keep going to see No Country for Old Men. You have to watch it at least 30 times to figure out the ending. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, you have to watch it 30 times to figure out that ending on No Country for Old Men. I'm hearing nothing but good things. Of course, I rarely go to f- first run, but uh, so when if we don't go, does it come out on video sooner? I don't know. <laughs> All I can say is you got to keep going. you got to <laughs> figure it out by going over and over and over again. Joined also via the telephone line from Culpeper, Virginia, the home of the Library of Congress and our man at the Library of Congress, <laughs> Nitrate Film Archive and uh, keeper of the frame, if you will. We call him George Williman and friend George. Welcome. <laughs> Our man at the Library of Congress. <laughs> I've heard you've been a bad little girl. I'm going to put a booger in your stocking. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, uh, we had a lot of problems this morning because we had a lot of snow here in Ohio. That's and right. the Perfect Movie Film Board... The session that we have where all the suits get around the table and they see our submissions and they send them up to us was canceled. It was canceled. And, but we had one irate you know, member of the board. He's kind of a malcontent. He showed up and, and ran over some trash cans and everything, and, and the campus police had to escort him <laughs> off. And we tried to tell him. It was announced on the school closings that the perfect movie film board was not in session today. Bud Inski right. is his name. George kind of <laughs> knows him because, you know, unfortunately, George brought him into the film board. You hey, know? don't blame me. <laughs> you kept buying him beers. <laughs> Bud Inski, man. We're I sorry, mean, we Bud. We told him it's on the list right after the closing of the sheltered workshop. No, uh, you know, no uh, film board. No film board. No perfect movie film board today. So next week we're doing Toy Story. But so today we're going to give you the special treat of you know what to buy for Christmas, like, I like we did it. last year. The film guy's buyer's guide. That's right. Particularly what to buy for us. <laughs> Again, to contact the film guys, it's filmguys at perfectmovie.net. And uh, also check out uh, archived past shows of Filmically Perfect right there, perfectmovie.net. And uh, so it's just kind of a buyer's guide today. But before we get to that, I think it's important that we bring home again that uh, these movies that we discuss every day, and uh, at least I'm assuming one among the, the lovely sets that you gentlemen are featuring today oh, are yeah. of the well, perfect variety. There's a big connection with all this stuff in our our. Um, our you know, vaunted list because all these movies kind of hit that uh, music there. Here we go. All these music create all these movies create the world they exist in, and they totally sustain that world. And regardless of changes in society, the all the movies that we pick on our list retain their meaning and entertainment value. And they're never placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. Uh, each film is perfect by its own scale. Not even going to mention the uh, other rules because I'm sure they won't apply. Well, you stay. have to mention those rules, <laughs> Nikki. That um, if let's see, is it rule number five that if Nikki doesn't like it, apply rule number six? Yeah, and right. Rule number six is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so today you have come, you have perused the offerings. I'll just mention that it's a it's an industry thing for most of the entertainment industry, per, uh, particularly, you know, that, that has some output like CDs and DVDs. Certainly the record industry virtually shuts down for the holidays and releases box sets. Yeah, it's all got, about the gifts. It's all about money. That's yeah. what it's all about because right. these, these gifts are pretty expensive. Um, uh, and a lot of it is about how we've got all these single DVDs piling up in the warehouse. How do we get rid of them? Yeah. Box them up in a fancy package. And there's a manufacturer on the other end of the line saying, shall we press more? Shall we press more? Yeah. <laughs> and they have pressed some indeed. I've already seen just, I mean, wa- mouth-watering, eyes-watering, if you will, oh, yeah. over the things that I've oh, seen yeah. in the stores that Most I would like to Most of it's television. Own. Figure that one out. I mean, it's become a ghetto of television old television shows Listen. where the only one that i will even comment about is the adams family series from 64 to 66 uh because of the movies but those are pretty good but we we're not about television not here. about television this is we're about movies filmically and perfect. george is going to talk about a really interesting set gentlemen what yeah what have you found george oh this one's absolutely amazing this is the mouth one of the most mouth-watering sets especially for <laughs> for old film fanatics uh 20th century fox is putting out a set called ford at Fox, and it's not about the automobile. It's about John Ford, one of our filmically perfect directors, yes, one of our favorite directors, who made over fifty films at Fox and Twentieth Century Fox over the years. And this set is twenty-four, I believe, twenty-four of those features, going back all the way back into the silent era. It's a pretty amazing collection, man. And uh, very and, prolific director. Yeah, and and these uh, you can pretty much be sure that if not all, most of them are going to be perfect. I mean, there's things like uh, My Darling Clementine, How Green Was My Valley, That's a good Tobacco one, Road, Whoa. Grapes of Wrath. Which oh, my mouth is watering now. Uh, young Mr. Lincoln. Hey, do you uh, know how German grape stompers say goodbye, George? No. Our feet are stained. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thank you, thank you, well, we'll Jay. Thank we'll you. We'll be hearing from the German embassy now on that one. <laughs> uh, the, the, the grapes of wrath just kind of got me going on that old joke, you know. But that would be now that uh, is uh, one of my favorite all-time movies. But uh, but it, it's not just that movie; it's it's all in this company. But there's a yeah. hefty price tag, which we shouldn't necessarily mention on public radio. But uh, but it is not cheap. But you you consider it to be worth the dollar, oh, George? Yeah, I certainly do. And and if you look online, you can find it for a fairly major discount at several of the uh, the dealers online. But it does have a hefty price tag. How much is that price tag, George? No, we George? can't say. We, we, really, can't say. we shouldn't oh. say. But you can look and find out and uh, shop for a good deal. So 27 movies on what would be – how many discs – how many it's, movies uh, are they? 21, 21 wow. DVDs in a big box. Goodness. My goodness. All right, but it's so this... worth it. I mean, you're watching a master director if you're interested in the cinema and you're really starting a collection – Based on the filmically perfect list, of course, you, you, you won't go wrong by picking up this. Uh, and there, really there are some on here that are, are very, very obscure that have not been seen in years and years but are really wonderful. Things like Prisoner of Shark Island, which is the story of Dr. Mudd, uh, the doctor who treated John Wilkes Booth and then was accused of being part of the uh, conspiracy. Hmm. It's, it's an amazing little film. It's really, really good. But, so, it has, I mean, it's been very, very rarely seen. It, it kind of showed up on the Fox Movie Channel a couple of years ago, finally. And uh, I, I couldn't believe how good it was. So Ford at Fox gets the seal of approval from our man at the Library of Congress, our George Willeman. Library of Congress. <laughs> 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 and, uh, Jay Todd, you've yeah, uh, been... You know, last year we talked about <laughs> what we thought was the ultimate James Bond collection, but <laughs> doggone it. Turns out... We were wrong. <laughs> 365 days later, they've released the James Bond Ultimate Collector Set, and it's in a 42-disc set. And has My everything up to Casino goodness. Royal, the brand new one that came out. Although, um, I... And more into the Sean Connery 
uh, movies that have John Barry orchestras and um, uh, Ken Adam uh, production design. All that kind of stopped right before, uh, well, right around To Live and Let Die, it started fading away. And then it, the Bond thing became a different thing. It was not a Cold War. But I was at a store the other night, uh, and I saw these kids getting very excited about this James Bond collection. These are very young. These are like 20-year-old kids. I thought, it's pretty amazing how this 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 thing has sustained the test of time. Yeah. There are a few of our perfect movies on there. Um, one of the, uh, Like I said last time, one of the, my favorite movies on here is in Her Majesty's Secret Service, which has George Lazenby as James Bond. And he gets married to um, Diana... Um, Diana Rigg? Diana Rigg, who was Mrs. Peel in the Adventure series. Ooh, She's very hot la, in this la. movie. Yep. And, and, of course, she gets killed at the... Well, spoiler alert. Oh, oh for heaven's sake. You went ahead and just went and gave it uh, away. Sorry. Emma Peel dies in a <laughs> Bond movie? Well, it's Casino <laughs> Royale. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh, doggone it. But it's not all spoiled because there's how many other movies oh, in this collection? 42 <laughs> of them, movies, man. Yeah. Are you telling me that's every James Bond movie ever made? Up to now. I mean, wow. I, think, I, I have a feeling that the original Casino Royale may not be on Yeah, because there. I don't think that that was a James Bond uh, a really a, a franchise James Bond and then there was one that Sean Connery made on his own yeah Never Say Never Again may not be on and you'll notice that movie he plays James Bond but you won't hear the James Bond music in the background right don, 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 but he calls don. himself 007 and James Bond yeah I do That's believe so and, and it's an emulation of Thunderball I do believe right it's a remake of, of Thunderball which is not as good as Thunderball but um, that was where he had the rights or something and that was like a loophole so there are some missing fragments in here because of business of course are, are, right uh, our filmically perfect um, uh, perfect movie film board can tell you all about the business of uh, picking the movies you know, because they were in session. <laughs> Find out more about that at perfectmovie.net. That's but, right. Yeah. Our, our board of suits. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're really into this 007, it looks like um, you're good for another year until they bring out another I was going to say, because, so. I mean, if you just – so 42 movies, you, basically <laughs> if you didn't sleep, it would still take you upwards of three days to but watch all this. That is nothing in comparison to our man at the Library of Congress who has seen now seven <laughs> million movies. He has viewed seven million movies. And now these box sets just uh, yeah, stoking so him up. If you want to start challenging George, sit down and watch all these James Bond pictures. This is Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, and it is a very special, just in time for Christmas, Buyer's Guide edition of some of these guy. amazing box sets that are coming out. So uh, we have uh, the uh, Ford at Fox. We have the complete James Bond and now, these George. Are the film guy picks. You have another. Oh yeah, this this is a great one. This is a long time coming for this one. Um, every year, the Walt Disney Company puts out a, a, a series called Walt Disney Treasures, and they they dig through their their vast archives and and pull out the most bizarre and obscure things that they could possibly find, except for Song of the South, hint, hint. What and, is up with that? Yeah, but we'll get yeah, into that later. And um, this year, they've got three sets coming out. Uh, one of them is a continuation of the Donald Duck set. Another one is a set about Disneyland, but the real major one, and they know this because rather than putting it in the normal silver box, they're putting it in a gold box, mm. is The Adventures of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That, that, is, that is really an amazing story. Yeah, uh, and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was Walt Disney's first major uh, cartoon series. He had done a couple other series. Well, he did the Alice comedies, but they were kind of released on a small scale. This was before Mickey Mouse. This was before Mickey Mouse. And uh, he got into Oswald and got a big distribution deal through Universal on the Oswald cartoons. But uh, the producer decided to kind of pull a fast one on him, tried to cut Walt Disney's uh, sort of income, 
Can you remember and who that producer is, George? That was Charles Mintz was his name. And um, he basically ended up telling Walt, well, you know, I picked the name of Oswald the Rabbit out of a hat, and so the character's mine. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, and Walt Disney found himself out of a job, which is then where he, you know, on a train trip out to California, came up with the little mouse character and decided he was never going to be taken advantage of again. I'll get you. I'll make a yeah. rabbit who'll take over the world. But at any rate, uh, Disney did not, you know, <laughs> lost the rights to the Oswald cartoons for many, many years. And Universal... Actually, then Universal turned around and booted out Charles Mintz and gave Oswald to their resident cartoonist, Walter Lance, who then produced new Oswald cartoons into the 30s. Walter Lance is also very famously known for Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. Oh, of course. Now I can picture that name written on right. the... Yeah, yeah. And, well, anyways, we, we fast forward up to last year, and Disney has been doing a lot of work trying to get all of Walt's work back home, back into the archives. They've been you know, digging up some of the rare silent things that he did. And last year, they managed to get the Oswald cartoons back in a very amazing way. Uh, the Disney Corporation owns ABC Broadcasting, and they actually traded one of their sportscasters for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. No. <laughs> what year was this, George? This was last year, Al Michaels, who is an Emmy award-winning <laughs> That is such a great story. Al Michaels Al traded Michaels for an old cartoon. for a silent cartoon <laughs> rabbit. A line drawing. <laughs> Michaels, your, your value is a line drawing, dude. Maybe right. 50 of them in a you know, 24 per second, but it's still well, a line drawing. He, and wow. actually he, has a, he has a pretty good attitude about it. He's quoted as saying that he knows now he's going to be a trivia question on some game here. <laughs> it's guaranteed. But yeah. think, think about that folks when you hear Al Michaels, you know, on football. He's really Oswald the Rabbit. You Oswald know, the Lucky value. Rabbit. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So tell me a little bit, George, about these cartoons because, I mean, I think of Steamboat Willie and that early thing, and it was rough looking. And, I yeah. mean, black and white well, only. These, these look a lot like, I mean, uh, Oswald looks very much like Mickey Mouse with long, floppy ears, basically. And the cartoons are very similar. They, in fact, they were done by the same people. Ub Iwerks, his, his buddy from Kansas City, did probably a good amount of the animation on these cartoons. Didn't he have that frog character as well, Ub? He did flip yeah. a frog also. Now, George, what would it be... Fair to assume, we're using the uh, assume word here, that they could have possibly power erased Oswald's ears off and put round ears on there, and all of a sudden some of those uh, yes. drawings became Mickey Mouse. Is that, yes. Did that basically, happen? Yeah, Mickey, well, no. Mickey um, you know, basically has round ears rather than long ears, and he has more of a longer snout, whereas you know, But Oswald I'm saying that in the shit. pencils that they used to do, which they used to do in animation, they did pencil test. Uh, there is a good chance a lot of those Oswald rabbit pencils but this is Mickey speculation 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 yes but you know oh, i'm, I'm sure asking our they, man at the library of congress you know maybe i'm sure that they re redid a lot of you know sort of uh cow utter gags that was always really popular <laughs> you know things like that <laughs> I, I actually i have not seen any of the Os of the early oswald cartoons i've seen some of lance's but not any of Disney's. So this is going to be a real opportunity for people to see these so you're willing to put these on your buyer's guide list sight unseen well, yeah, because it's, it's early Disney, and 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 just to watch him, uh, you know, begin the beginning, the building of his of his work and his company is so fascinating. It's very. He was there was no more persistent person than Walt right. Disney back in those days. If, and, if and you also, saw what he had to go through to get his cartoons, uh, you know, distributed. And the uh, the second treat on this set is a is a feature length documentary on Ub Iwerks, who was Disney's right hand man for a few years there until they had sort of a falling out. 
And uh, iWorks did most of the animation for Disney there in the early years and was quite an amazing, adept, and fast animator. And weren't they both from the same small town in Iowa yeah. or Illinois? Or? They're from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, okay, yeah. But they that was the Oswald Rabbit era was where they started moving to Hollywood, correct, George? I, mean, I believe, when... yes. When they did Oswald, they were out in California. Yeah. But so they had a falling out, and Ub went on to do Flip the Frog, and right. obviously Disney and, and... for... And it's interesting because iWorks kind of stumbled around Hollywood doing these little cartoons and working for different people. When he finally went back to Disney, I think in the late 40s, early 50s, that's when his career really blossomed again. They managed to patch it up, and I understand that Disney was really, really loath to do that because once he had a falling out with somebody, they were pretty much abandoned. Didn't he come back as like some kind of a technician? He came back, and he did like special effects animation. That he uh, invented something. he invented a lot of stuff, a lot of fancy mat work he was responsible for. Uh, he did the special effects in the birds oh. of the bird effects, which I believe he got an Academy Award for. But his coming back to Disney was probably the best thing he could have done, and I think Walt actually knew that. Now, what is this set you're, um, that all this is on, George? We need to remind people. What's this, this set? This is called Walt Disney Treasures. There you go. The Adventures of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Hmm. That's Good piece of film history, this collection here. Comes in a gold medal box. And I'll bet there's all kinds of really cool um, behind-the-scenes extra features, too. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. So it's the Buyer's Guide on Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. We're talking to the film guys, George Williman and J. Todd Anderson, about some of the best offerings for this year's holiday crop of buying opportunities. And, uh, J. Todd, you have another one? Well, they've got a set out now about Stanley Kubrick. It's... Um, uh, director series Stanley Kubrick collection. Now again, we don't know when they're going to offer up the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate collection. But you really can't go wrong on Kubrick because almost everything he did was fantastic. And there well, are, and as, oh, as we like to say, what is Christmas without Stanley Kubrick? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, how can you go wrong with Scatman Crother? He, he travels all that way to get back to the mansion. And what happens when he gets to the door? He gets a big action is gut. Yeah. <laughs> Only Stanley can, like, present a present like that, you know? <laughs> Now, um, list some Kubrick films, because I well, have to say... the Kubrick films that are on this collection are a uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Eyes Wide Shut, which is his last one. Which I heard was awful, but anyway. Um, the Shining. <laughs> 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 the Shining, uh, Full Metal Jacket, and A Clockwork Orange. And they're all kind of all over the place here. They're not in chronological order. Um, right. I think they're planning to put a second one out next year. And we, we have quite a few on our list, and next year we're going to get into them. And we're going to try to do it like our Hitchcock series. We're going to give you the... Uh, Stanley Kubrick primer, so you can start seeing how his career progresses. And I believe that first one we're going to do next year is probably uh, Killer's Kiss, right, George? Uh, probably. Um, we're in the boxing movie where his style just comes unchained about halfway through the movie. But it's not on here, okay? Not trying to disappoint you folks. But these are really good movies on here. I don't know about Eyes Wide Shut. I just didn't know what to make about that picture. Now, the interesting thing about Eyes Wide Shut is this is the unrated, unexpurgated, uncovered version. So uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman, yes. All naked? No, no, not them. Oh, no. Everybody else. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's like a Hitchcock film. You've got to find Stanley Kubrick in there somewhere. Only he has no clothes on. There's a, well, there's some orgy no, I'm only scene. joking, folks. I'm only joking. Don't look for it. Don't look there's for an, it. an orgy scene in the film that had some digital characters put in it to cover certain aspects, and this one, it is undoctored. Oh. 
<laughs> undigitized, if undigitized. you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, okay. even even when Stanley did a bad movie, it was still worth watching because he was always very, very, very into making movies. It took yeah. him years to make these things. Too, what's the you know? what's his backstory? I mean, wasn't he just notoriously took a long time? And it was like it's a kind of amazing in some ways, given that that he made these. Oh, he would take years to do these pictures. Um, yeah, uh, years I, of I, development. I know his attorney pretty well, and uh, he would tell me how long it took these things for Stanley. They would always say, "Well, Stanley made a great movie," and he, my, the attorney guy, would always say, "Well, if it, how if you did something that took you three years, it should be pretty good too." You know, yeah. <laughs> aside from the fact well, he's probably no. one of the greatest natural filmmakers in the world, we enjoy almost everything he does. And where did he come from? What's his What's his story? Uh, he, I mean, he's an American director. He started out as a photographer for Look magazine. You'll see some pictures uh, that he has done in the early '50s and everything. And then... and, and he slowly broke into uh, to filmmaking. Uh, his first feature, uh, Fear and Desire, about... is still not available, and that's the one he actually was trying to destroy. Uh, up to his death because he didn't want people to see it. We're talking about Stanley Kubrick. Here. Now, is that out? Is that available anywhere? No, it is not, but the uh, Library of Congress, we have the original negative, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that mean that somebody <laughs> who was near Culpeper, Virginia, could wander in one day and ask to view that? No. No. <laughs> no, but I can tell you about two loudmouth film students in the 80s that used to set their work on top of it, hoping we get some good karma off that. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> so we set our be? little super eights and sixteen millimeters because it's a vault. It keeps the stuff really cool, and we knew it was protected. We always set our stuff on the great film masters. I love that. So like rubbing the magic lamp. <laughs> we if did. You will. We put you know, don't tread on me, which is my film with George, and we put that on Stanley Kubrick's can, you know, for good hope <laughs> <laughs> on his film can. How'd that work out for you? Well, <laughs> just like Fear and Desire, no one's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so fair are not on this and but uh, but the, I guess there's hope of that still coming out one, one of these day. days look for it Someday. folks man fear and desire we know we've I've seen it I saw it at the film forum years ago um, and so it was out there at one time. I don't know what happened. What has happened to it? So for the buyer's guide, J. Todd Anderson puts his stamp of approval on the new Kubrick collection. Yeah. And again, what's the, the, the title of it's the collection? It's called the uh, Warner Home Video Director Series, Stanley Kubrick Collection. And it has a 2001 A Space Odyssey, Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, and a Clockwork Orange, which is an absolutely just amazing movie to this day clockwork orange amazing yeah. so definitely on the perfect list so just a little something uh, a way for the film guys to give you a little heads up some and now pointers. we get to the uh, cartoon version <laughs> of the show which is the three stooges meet godzilla <laughs> there's wait there's more oh yeah on the and, as i like to say and and now and Don't now this it. is where it gets better <laughs> George, do tell. Yes, indeed. Well, we have two sets here. Yeah. And it's interesting that they are both being put out by the same company. They're both being put out by... Columbia. Uh, through or, Sony. Sony, which used to be Columbia. Right. And it's well, actually through two different versions, two different parts of Sony. One is from uh, uh, Columbia Pictures. The other is from Classic Media. But uh, on the Classic Media side, we have... The Godzilla Collection. Which is really amazing stuff. I mean, to this day. I I didn't know um, that that, that Godzilla and the uh, Three Stooges ever even met. So this is complete (laughs) news to me. Well, they're meeting on Filmically Perfect today. That's right. And they're rolling all over cardboard cities. Imagine this, folks. Three Stooges wrestling Godzilla over a cardboard version of the city of Dayton. (laughs) Flattening it out, you know, just like the Ultraman shows. The same guys did all that stuff. I can, just, I can just hear Mo going, spread out! <laughs> <laughs> so you telling me there's a whole series? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, know, you know, Godzilla throws fire on Curly. Yeah. 
I just feel like you're pulling my leg. Well, we are. There are yeah, two yeah. different boxes. Okay. That's okay. Our, uh, sorry, right. folks. We are, I'm our, not uh, insane. Our little imaginations have run away with us <laughs> on movies we'd like to see. <laughs> No, okay. actually, there is there is a Godzilla set, and this has kind of come out of last year when Sony put out the original uh, Japanese version of Godzilla, which is called Gojira, and uh, they actually put out this really nice set that had the original Japanese version with subtitles, and then the Americanized version with Raymond Burr. Which is really cool, because he's standing on a balcony just looking. He doesn't yeah. do anything. Oh, Perry Mason thing himself. over there, you know, that kind of thing. But um, it's so interesting to see the actual Japanese versions of these films because you get to see them in a totally different light. The Gojira is much more about, about the people rather than the monster. Most of, this is, most of this Godzilla, you know, we kind of goof all at it and we think it's funny, but it really is a response and a reaction to World War II. And to, the 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 bomb, the, to the atomic bomb. Which is December bomb, 7th, today. Huh. Um, that's right. Well, I mean, that's the start of World War II yes. when they dropped the bomb. The day of infamy. But the Godzilla infamy. movies have a lot of texture as far as, you know, prolific response and reaction to the atomic bomb. Uh, and then we, we kind of laugh at these movies, but there's some serious stuff in these Godzilla movies. You know, that even occurred to me as a younger person that, that movies really do reflect the psyche of a culture at the time. Think about all the psychodramas that came out after the Cold War got into mm -hmm. full force, I mean, you know? You, and it makes sense that the, their reaction or, or maybe just personification of of the bombs would be this great if monster. If you see pictures, if you watch those old films, they're always rolling over a city. And you see pictures of, of uh, uh, Nagasaki and uh, uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima, and it, it's devastation. There is a connection there, believe yeah. it or not. Mm. And it's sort of in the, the sort of Japanese way of, of uh, anthropomorphizing, mm. there's a word for you, uh, a sort of a natural disaster occurrence. I mean, this goes way, way back, long before film even into theater and stuff where the, you know, they would have a character to represent the wind or the rain. I mean, a lot of cultures do this. And sure. I, I, I've always thought that Godzilla represented the atomic bomb. That's what I've always thought. I think yeah. that it, seems it, it that way definitely. to me. And but uh, enough that's of this heaviness. We're going to talk about the... Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Howard First brothers. of all, tell me again what the name of the... the this is the Godzilla Collection. Collection, all right. And we're media. almost out of time, so um, since they did shorts, I think that's fitting that you should the, talk about the... The horror with... Stooges. Well, Nikki's not real wild about free stuff. No, brothers. I'm not. But it, this, this is, is a really incredible collection of the Stooges, 1934 to 1936, and it has all curly in it. It's just, that's right, and this is the evocation of the American psyche. Yeah, Jerome Horowitz, <laughs> curly inside. Yeah, the American psyche, this is how we take everything. Violence that yeah, never really that. happens, you know. Some really good stuff on here, three little pigskins, which Lucille Ball is yeah, in. Lucille Ball's in that one. And, um, some, and, and Men in Black, which is their Academy Award. Isn't that on there, George? It is, yeah. That's, like that's their, their Academy film. Award. Until the original I Men you, in Black. I did not um, know that they had stolen that name. But, yeah, yeah, the, the latter people did. Sure, Barry yes, Sonnefeld exactly, stole right. the name. Right, Barry right. stole it. But the Three Stooges won an Academy Award for Men in Black. And it's on here in this beautiful little box set for 20 Oh, some dollars for a few dollars, 20, not too many dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can find out the real prices of all these online. And uh, gosh, gentlemen, we are just quickly out of time. Let's do a quick review. We got to uh, the Ford at Fox, the James Bond Ultimate Collection, the, what is it, the Disney Adventures of uh, Oswald, the and uh, the Kubrick Collection, the Godzilla's looking pretty good, and the new, uh, very early uh, Three, Three Stooges. Stooges Collection. And all the, all the negatives for the Three Stooges Collection came from us at the Library of Congress. And I have never seen these films look better. They are our man at the Library of Congress.
Indeed. Well, excellent. So we got uh, a Trivia lot of questions. thumbs up, a lot of stuff uh, that uh, we can send your way as far as uh, information, and always our pleasure. Do check in with the film guys at filmguys at perfectmovie.net. All the archived uh, audio versions of our past shows are there as well. You can catch us on npr.org, on iTunes, or right here at YSO's website at wyso.org. J. Todd Anderson of the Library of Congress, thank you for being here. Oh, what? <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> oh, uh, did I say that in reverse? <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, not even to be confused with Dayton Philharmonica. <laughs> Jay Todd, George thank Willard, you. thank My you pleasure. for being here. Ciao. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.